it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Monday after Liverpool 4, Fulham 3, in one of the weirdest, dumbest games you're ever ever likely to watch. Uh, the Reds went one up through a Trent free kick from fully 25 yards out, which apparently is going to be credited as, a, as an own goal because it came down off the bar, hit Burnt Leno's back and went in. I hate goals like that being credited as an own goal. I don't think it's fair to the goalkeeper and I don't think it's fair to the player that's taken the shot. I don't like, in general, goalkeepers being credited with credited with own goals unless they've actually kicked the ball into their own net or something stupid like that. Like, if they're diving and the ball hits them, like, let's say, for example, we've seen goalkeepers diving to save a ball that might be going wide or might be actually be going over the bar and it drops in through you know, spinning off their wrist or whatever it might be, those aren't credited as, as own goals. Those never get credited as own goals. I don't think this should either. Like, Leno doesn't do anything purposeful to deflect the ball. He tries to save the ball. But I, I just, I don't think, like, that's, it's, it's robbing Trent of a great goal and it's unfair on Leno because it's, you know, years from now, people will look at that and go, oh, Bert Leno on goal in that game. Was that a, did he make a big mistake? 
No, he didn't. Leno didn't make any mistakes yesterday. He actually had a really good game. He just got beaten by four great strikes. Uh, they equalised through Harry Wilson. Uh, a lot of people blaming Joel Matip. Matip's not to blame here. Yes, it's a poor pass, but <clears throat> we're set in our defence when when that pass is given away. Matip is playing sort of right back. Trent is at centre-back next to Virgil. Costas is at left-back. Midfield is set in front of them. Matip gets left 2v1. Maybe he could do a bit more to try and block the cross, but Trent needs to do a lot more with Harry Wilson. Like The only person that that ball is going to is Harry Wilson. And if Trent has any awareness of what's around him, he knows that if Wilson doesn't get that ball, it's going to one of our players. Trent needs to get touched tight to Harry Wilson as he sees him coming into the box. Instead, he doesn't really make any effort. Cuevin Keller should do better as well, but more of the blame on that one is on Trent. Um, now, he would make up for it. Obviously, he had opened the scoring and he would score the winner, so he more than makes up for it. But let's appropriate blame correctly here. That goal is Trent's fault. Um, we went 2-1 up. Alexis McAllister scoring an absolute sc- screamer. A goal that would absolutely be a contender for goal of the season, except... I kind of feel like Garnacho probably has that wrapped up for the overhead against Everton. I just don't think anybody's going to beat that goal. Uh, But the Alexis goal is spectacular. It's a a kind of a loose header by Jimenez as they're trying to break out. Jimenez tries to head it down and spin and run in behind. Now, he's well inside his own half when he does this, but he's looking to be the outlet. And... There's no Fulham player in the area. Alexis lets the ball run across his body, doesn't take any sort of touch to steady it or anything, hits it on the on the bobble because it was probably too small to be a bounce at that point, but he hits it as it rises and he strikes across it and it swerves and dips and it's vicious into the top corner. No goalkeeper in the world is saving that. Uh, then there's more dreadful defending for Liverpool, and Alexis is probably the most um, most prominently poor defensive player in this instance. It's a corner, which Jimenez somehow gets a free header on. It hit, hits Matip's arm. I'm not sure what Alexis is doing, does a weird jump thing, um, and it drops to Kenny Tete, and he kind of scruffs his shot, and Cuevin Kelleher... I, again, I just think he should do a lot better there. I'm not sure why he's committed himself so early. Now, again, Tete is very close in, but I think if he just throws himself towards the ball, potentially he can kind of smother it. Um, so that was 2-2. That was half time. The game had been really scruffy from our point of view. We had no control in midfield. Uh, the Dominic... Alexis Gravenberg midfield again, just not working. No balance to that midfield. And frankly, we shouldn't be seeing that midfield again. If Gravenberg or Dominic are playing, the other eight needs to be either Curtis, if Alexis is the six, or ideally Alexis with Curtis as the six, to be totally honest. Um, and obviously, Dominic or Gravenberg is a fairly easy conversation. It's Dominic by a considerable margin. Uh, Gravenberg had a poor game yesterday. Very loose with his passing in the first half and quite lazy in the second half, to be honest. No tracking back. 
just he isn't a good defensive player. He really isn't a good defensive player. And he doesn't impact the game on the ball often enough either. Like we saw at City what he's capable of. And that's the frustrating thing. We know what he's capable of. He just doesn't impact games enough. And yesterday was a prime example of that. You'd also have to question his cardio. Like he is bollocks after 60 minutes in games. Absolutely bollocks. And yet again, Jurgen left him on far too long yesterday. Uh, Dominic was taken off. Alexis was taken off. On came Cody Gakbo and Joe Gomez as the galaxy brain nonsense moved to epic levels with a double pivot of Joe Gomez and Trent. And unsurprisingly, Fulham scored a third. Uh, this time it's just, it's poor defending all round. We don't seem to have any urgency in our defensive work at the moment. There's no commitment to a lot of it. Virgil is the only one really. Um, but they, they get a cross in and Costas, who actually did have a good game, is just beaten at the back post by, um, was it D Cordova Reed? I think it was probably D Cordova Reed. Apologies if I'm wrong. I think it was. But he's beaten in the air by him. Who You just had a run on him. It's as simple as that. But if Costas is just a bit stronger and maybe takes a step backwards, as he because he know, has to know D Cordova Reed is making that run. If he just takes a step backwards and walls off that ball, Decordovery clatters into a back into the back of him and we get a free out. But Decordovery gets the run, gets the header, gets the goal. And then Jurgen is forced into another change. Um he brings on Waturuendo into midfield. And at three two down, I think a lot of people were quite annoyed that that was the, the change. But it was a change that made sense because it put us back to playing an actual footballing shape with an actual midfielder in midfield, as opposed to a right back, a centre back, a forward player and Gravenberg, who just wasn't in the game at that point because he was, he was knackered by then. Uh, so Endo comes into midfield and immediately we made more sense. We made an awful lot more sense. Ibu clips a lovely ball up to Darwin. Darwin cushions the header for Mo. Mo takes his touch, looks like he might shoot. Gakbo makes a really good run on the outside. Looks like Mo will slip him in. The defense shifts. Mo turns, feeds it back. And stepping onto it is probably the last player any of us thought we would have wanted. Well, no, Joe Gomez would be the last player you'd want stepping onto that, given he's never scored. But Endo would be fairly low down the list of Liverpool players you'd want stepping onto that ball. And we'd all have been wrong uh, because he passed the ball into the top corner from 19 yards out. It's a sensational goal. And what I love about it was he didn't even really celebrate it. He just went straight back to business, ran back to the halfway line, got his teammates up, got the crowd going. And from there, the crowd was unbelievable. Like for the from the 87th minute until the final whistle, uh, for a Sunday 2 p.m. kickoff, the crowd was unreal for that last 10 minutes or so. And within a minute, we're ahead. It's really good from Cody, who'd had a bit of a quiet game since coming on. He drives at their defence, gets a shot away. It's a good shot, lots of venom in it. Leno does really well, makes a good save and pushes it wide. But Darwin doesn't give it up. <clears throat> And Darwin hooks the ball back into the box. It should be an easy back post header. 
for, I think, Kenny Tete. Uh, but Costas doesn't give it up. And Costas jumps the challenge. And he's never going to win the ball. But by making the challenge, he forces the defender into a weak defensive header. It comes out to Trent. Good touch on his thigh. Manages to settle himself. And it's a gorgeous half-volleyed strike into the bottom corner. Really, really well taken. Really good hit. No chance for the goalkeeper. The celebration is pure Gerrard. And the moment was pure Gerrard, to be honest. We saw... How many times do we see Stevie score those kind of late winners? Um, fantastic technique from Trent, who overall had an outstanding game yesterday. Um, defensively, now he left some some things to be desired, but he wasn't alone in that. But it, it was such a like an enormous explosion of noise then from the cop. The whole team joined in the the slide celebration, and. From there, the crowd got even louder. And that really did seem to spur our players on. And there was like they were they were cheering Darwin chasing people down and throwing in a slide tackle. The place erupted when Endo crunched in on Polina just on the halfway line to stop them breaking. It was a great tackle, and he's up and we've got the ball and we're moving again. And those type of things. Those are the type of things that when Liverpool fans get on board and get excited about, the players get excited about them. The players are more willing to do them. It pumps the players up. And you could see that in a couple of moments when some challenges went in that our players were were properly, properly soaked up about it. Uh, there was also a lovely moment where Ibu made a tackle, uh, was called for a foul, and in pure tribute to Joel Matted, had himself a little tantrum. And it was just fantastic. You can't beat a Joel Matted tantrum, but it, a Joel Matted tantrum by Ibu might just come close. Uh, so a 4-3 win. A win is a win. That's the only thing that matters is that we won. Of course, there's a lot we need to improve on. Like conceding three goals to Fulham is shocking considering... They'd scored 13 goals prior to yesterday. And that's the third time they've scored three goals this season. Um, So that's nine of their 16 goals have come in three games. So the other 11 games have led to seven goals, which is more like who they are. But we scored four brilliant goals. And I thought we showed the same type of fight and determination that we showed a couple of times earlier this season. And it does really put to bed any nonsense about us missing supposed leaders and standard setters and mentality monsters who were basically just carried along for the ride by much better players for years. Um, A lot of discourse about Darwin, obviously, after the game, because there just always is. And all of it obviously centres around the fact that he did miss a couple of chances yesterday. There was one where he hit the bar, obviously. And then the other one is probably the better chance. It's a good ball by Dominic, lovely cushioned header by Mo. Darwin should do better. He seems to get he seems to get caught up in which foot to use. And in the end, he kind of misses his kick and it, and it comes to nothing. And obviously, he's missed a number of big chances this season. We know he has. 
we know that his finishing is hit and miss would be would be kind, but we know that is is he's in, inconsistent in front of goal. But here's what he's not inconsistent in: his impact on winning. Darwin Nunez impacts winning in a positive way. And even when he doesn't play well, he impacts winning. He didn't play well yesterday, but he impacted winning. His header to Mo in the endo goal. It's a pre-assist. His hooked cross for Trent's winner. That's a pre-assist. That's two goals he has played a big part in. And as you look back through this season, he's about far more than scoring goals. He's impacting in positive ways without scoring goals, which which we look at Erling Haaland. If he doesn't score, he doesn't impact the game. In fact, what he does, he has a negative impact on his team because it's like they're playing with 10 men a lot of the time. But with Darwin, he does impact the game positively over and over and over again. And yes, we'd all like him to score more goals. But he got 15 last season. He's on target this season to get around 20. And he'll get 10 assists this season as well. And it's the assist side of things. It's the contribution side of things that's more important to me. Because our primary goal scorer is Mohamed Salah. We don't need Darwin to be our primary goal scorer because we have that in Mo. What we need Darwin to be is a player who impacts winning, who creates opportunities for himself and for others. And he does that. And he does that at an incredible rate. And yesterday he would have had three pre-assists had Mo squared the ball for Diaz after that lovely little one-two between Mo and Darwin. And if Mo just rolls it across the front of goal, Diaz taps home from five yards out with an empty net. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. That's not to criticize Mo, but I'm just making the point. Darwin could have had a big hand in three goals yesterday as he did when we beat Villa. Defensively, in terms of defending from the front, he has improved immeasurably. Like, this season compared to last season, he's a totally different player off the ball. 
His pressing is excellent. His closing down is excellent. He's starting to understand passing angles. He's not scared to put his foot in. He's not scared to challenge for balls. So that side of his game has improved. His link-up play has improved massively. His hold-up play has improved. The timing of passes, the choice of passes, they've all improved. So when people say, oh, he hasn't improved since he joined, it's, it's just so wrong. It's hard to know where to start with that. Like his all-round game has improved enormously since he joined us. Yes, the finishing is frustrating, but I don't really care because I don't feel like we need him to get us 35 goals a season when we've got Mo. What I would rather he do is get 20 goals, 10 assists, 15 goals, 15 assists, defend from the front, link play, set up chances for Mo and Diaz. Diaz is the one who needs to book up his ideas in that front three. And I'm a big fan of Diaz. And obviously he's been through a horrendous time of late with what happened with his parents. Thankfully that all came to a positive resolution, but like his performances haven't been great since he came back from the injury. Last season, Darwin had 15 goals and four assists in 2,365 minutes. This season, he's got seven goals and six assists in 1,081 minutes. So he's on target to get more goals and treble the assists that he did last season. And if Darwin is somewhere in that 15 to 20 goal somewhere in that 10 to 15 assist range. I'm sorry, but that's incredibly valuable. Like, that's ridiculously good. So, I just, I don't really understand where a lot of the criticism comes from. Yeah, he misses chances. Fair enough. But he creates chances for others, which not many of the strikers do. Ollie Watkins isn't creating a bunch of chances for his teammates. There's a few that do, obviously. Ivan Tony, Harry Kane being the most obvious one, Gabriel Jesus. <clears throat> but those players have immense value, and those players are loaded. They don't score more goals than Darwin, but they're loaded because they get eight to ten assists. And he's got six already this season. He's, he's easily going to get to ten if he keeps playing the way he's playing. He's got the best understanding with Mo of any Ford that we've had in Jürgen's tenure. His connection with Mo is better than Bobby's with, directly with Mo. Bobby's connection with Mane was always a little bit better than the connection with Mo on pitch. And Mo and Mane's connection was good, but not as good as this. If you're going to upgrade one of the front three, it's left wing. And I've said it before, I would love us to go and get Pedro Neto. I know he has injury problems. I know that. But he wouldn't need to be sprinting 60 yards carrying the ball with us like he is with them, which is what causes his hamstrings to go. And we've seen players in the past who've had hamstring injuries 
And as they got older, those hamstring injuries went away. And it was just because they slightly altered the game and they were explosive in shorter bursts. Ryan Giggs, Steven Gerrard, you know. The knee injury that Neto had, I don't think you need to worry about it. Because before he got hurt this season, he was one of the best players in the league. Neto on the left, to give us real width on the left, which would then allow us to play more of a centre-back type of left-back, uh, a Gincalo Inacio, an Arta Tiete, a Piero Hincapié, that type of player, as opposed to asking someone like Robbo to be left-side centre-back, left-back and left-winger all in one. If you had an out-and-out left-winger who could beat that full-back and whip crosses in, like, number one, that would also get more out of Darwin. Number two, it would make us stronger defensively because you'd get that more defensive presence in the team. And number three, I think we'd just be better balanced. Because now we'd have... Like, imagine those cross-field balls from Trent to Neto in behind a right-back. And Neto is unstoppable when he's on form. And he was on form a lot this season. So if we're going to do one thing in the forward line, that's what I would like to see us do, is bring in him. We know we've been linked with Leroy Sané. He's just, at this point, he's 28. I don't think there's real value for us in that deal, as, as brilliant as he is. He's not as good as he was at City. Now, part of that is he's playing right wing rather than left, and he's better as a left winger. And I think Neto's better as a left winger as well. I think a lot of these wingers want to play on their opposite side so they can come inside and shoot. But go back and watch our game against Wolves and just watch what Neto does to Joe Gomez. And Joe's a really good defensive player. Like, really good. And Neto terrorizes him. So if we're going to keep playing this shape, then a defensive midfielder, a left-footed, left-back slash left-side centre-back, and Pedro Neto, they would make this team pretty much unbeatable, in my view. And a big part of why we'd be unbeatable is because of how good our number nine is. And the other thing to consider with him, right, Darwin is 24, okay? He'll be 25 in the summer. He's played 201 senior club games. And I was thinking to myself, that's... That's quite low. Like, that seems quite low for a player who'll be 25 at the end of the season. Realistically, come the end of the season, he's probably at 230. So I thought, I wonder when Robbie Fowler got to 230 games for Liverpool. And you look, and when Robbie left Liverpool, to move to Leeds United. He was 26. In his last season, like last full season, which was the year we won the treble, he played 48 games. And then he played 17 the next season. There's 65. So Robbie turned 25 in April of 2000. So to the end of the 99-2000 season, Robbie had played 45 games more. And remember, Robbie had had some injury-plagued seasons as well. Then I thought, well, when did Michael Owen get to 
sort of the same sort of 230 game marker. And, and obviously, again, Michael had injuries. But when Michael left Liverpool, he was 25. No, he's 25 and a half. So he's about six months older than Darwin, but he played 297 games. So again, you're talking about like nearly 70 games more. Same as Robbie, which is, which is you know, two seasons in, in, in a lot of respect, two league seasons. Darwin actually hasn't played an enormous amount of football. You're only really looking at four full seasons prior to this season. This is really Darwin's fifth season because when he was at Penarol, um, he only really had the one kind of chunk of a season. He played 13 games. The next season he started well, he played eight games, but then he got sold to Almeria. And then obviously goes to Benfica, has two years there. So he's only really got his time in Europe, which is, this is season number five. That's all you're really looking at with Darwin. Is he actually hasn't played two hundred one games either? That number is not right. Eighty five plus twenty two is one hundred and seven, and sixty two for us now. Those numbers aren't correct. He's played 167 games, not 201. Michael Owen got to 167 games basically five seasons into his career. But Michael, because he started so young, was only 22. Robbie would have been similar. Maybe a year later, he might have been 23. Darwin's... 25 in six months. And he doesn't have their natural finishing ability. Like, And that's not the point I'm trying to make here. I'm just pointing out that he's still very young in, in footballing terms. In, in every term, he's, he's very young. But in footballing terms, he's, he's not experienced. Like, he doesn't have vast amount of experience to call on. Marcus Rashford is 26 and has played 377 games for Manchester United. He's played 210 games more than Darwin. I need to dig into those numbers. Don't, there's something there's something funky about that. I'd love to know where the 201 number comes from. I'd be very, very curious as to where these numbers come from because somebody has made a significant mistake with them somewhere. Uh, maybe I'll do that and I can report back tomorrow. Um, have a look at this as Anfield. There will be plenty of content post-match. Same on Liverpool.com. And Anfieldindex.com, there is a piece about Jürgen saying that he'd never seen uh, so many world-class goals in one game. Uh, Alexis talking about his goal. Joel Matip picked up a, what looks like a, quite a serious injury, uh, potentially some sort of structural knee problem. So do 
uh, have a read about that. Uh, me talking about the lack of balance in midfield, which I, I maintain just doesn't work with, with Gravenberg and Dominic. Podcast-wise, then, there's a new minefield, which is, as always, a, a triumph. There is the Anfield Index podcast is Trev and Lisa Marie this week talking about magic moments and pantomime villain, villains. And then there is post-match Raw, which is uh, myself, Trev, and Harry Setti. Uh, so do check all of those things out, and I will see you all tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.